In case you missed the big announcement on last week's episode, Themis Bar Review is now the official season sponsor for Legally NYC. You may be thinking, why is a bar review company sponsoring a podcast that is focused on law school life? Well, the easy answer is that Themis is so much more than just bar prep. Their resources for law school are second to none, not to mention they are free. They have law school essentials courses for 1Ls and for those in their 2L or 3L years. Each course features online videos, comprehensive outlines, and even practice questions so you can test your knowledge before it's tested on your final exams and eventually on the bar exam. If you haven't seen a Themis attorney rep on your campus and are looking for free law school essentials materials, sign up for it at themisbarsocial.com slash legally NYC. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Legally NYC. This is your host, Erin. So excited to be back with you guys again for another episode. And I do have a guest with me today. It is a returning guest. It is our Themis representative, Rebecca. Hi, I'm glad to be back. So um, if you guys haven't heard the episodes with Rebecca in the past, we've done two other episodes about Themis products and just Themis resources, what you can use for school. So um, we've done one about studying for finals and just those resources that you can use throughout the semester to study for your classes in general, but we specifically geared it towards finals. And then we have done another episode just last spring that was about the MPRE program that they have and the bar prep program that they have. So if you're interested in either of those specific things, you can go ahead and check out those episodes. I'll link them in the show notes. It's easy for you to find. Um, But today we're going to talk about something else. But I'm just going to let Rebecca do a little intro of herself again, just a brief, like, let people know who you are within Themis. And but we're excited to have you back again, Rebecca. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm Rebecca. I'm a Themis director, which means I work with law students while they're in law school to help them get access to our free resources. And then I work with them while they're studying for the bar exam. I did go to law school. I was actually a Themis rep myself while I was in law school. So I used Themis for the MPRE. I used it for the bar exam and I used it for a bunch of my classes. Um, I think it's safe to say I'm pretty familiar (laughs) with the product and what we can do. Um, I also work on our marketing team and I run all of our content creator partnerships and a bunch of other stuff for our digital marketing, Mm -hmm. which is how I got in contact with Rebecca. (laughs) Yes. And then, um, so before we get into what this episode is about today, which is going to be very kind of career driven, we're going to talk about how, what you do in law school and the skills you build and the resources that you have around you can help you prepare for your career and how those things really apply to what you'll be doing on the job, even beyond law school. Um, But before that, I know Themis has some really good deals going on right now. So do you want to tell us a bit about that, Rebecca? I would love to. So our largest promotional discounts are going to be happening for the next month. Through September 30th, you can get the Themis course for $1,695, which is an $1,100 discount from our regular price. And then if you're a public interest student, which means you have 
past, present, or plans to work in the public sector in the future, um, you can get the course for an additional $100 off, so $15.95. And that promotion is available until November 30th. Okay, so those are actually like really good deals. You said it was a thousand off or eleven hundred. Eleven hundred off for the non-public interest discount, and then the public interest discount is twelve hundred dollars off. Yeah. yeah, and it's coming down to sixteen ninety five. So that's a more. I think that's more than a third off. I don't. I'm an attorney, not a mathematician. Yeah, I'm also an attorney, <laughs> not a not a mathematician. But um, it it's uh, I would say around a third at least. <laughs> yeah, roughly, roughly a third, more than you know. You're right. It is more Perfect. than a third. Yeah. Um. No, we always run our biggest discounts at the beginning of the semester because we want people to get that off of their plate right as early as possible. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're buying during your three L year, you have a lot going on in 3L. And it's good to just check one of those things off of the list. I know for a lot of people, bar prep seems like something that you don't need to think about yet because you're like, well, I'm not studying for the bar until May, but it's a big decision. I think I've talked about this before. And like every time I'm in any sort of media setting, I'm like, this is a huge decision. You will be spending 10 plus weeks of your life every single day with this program, with these professors, with this question format style, like all of that kind of stuff matters a great deal. And so making an informed decision and getting a really big thing off your to-do list early, we we highly encourage that. Yeah. And it's also, you're all not just a big commitment in terms of the amount of time you'll be spending with it, but you're going to be spending a lot of money on it. Yes. So, and it's not just bar prep, right? Studying for the bar is really expensive in general. And so wherever you can kind of shave some of that cost off, and maybe that's by getting a really big discount on your Themis course, it's really helpful. I think when all was said and done, I ran the numbers like shortly after I took the bar. And when you counted lodging, food, travel expenses, actual registration fees, et cetera, we're talking like five, six grand to sit for the bar exam. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. And that's, you know, that depends state by state, different states, yeah. registration fees, et cetera, are different, but I mean, it is not, not an inexpensive test by any stretch of the imagination. No, they, they really make you pay to get that, um, get that bar certification. <laughs> that's a different discussion. <laughs> yeah. They really make you pay for that, but that's for another time. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So if you can save money now, that's a great way to do it. And also at this point, if you're about to be a 3L, a lot of us have already taken the MPRE, so you've had the opportunity to try out the MPRE courses with Themis or any other um, programs to see what you like. So you should be at a point where you can decide, or you're more likely to be able to decide now what program you want to use rather than prior to taking the MPRE because you've had a chance to try those out. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll mention, I think we're going to talk about what our free resources are in a moment, if I can just segue into that, because I think that kind of yeah. explains all of this succinctly. Absolutely. The free resources that each bar prep company offers, as well as the MPRE course, which should be free for all of them too, um, those are set up in terms of structure and format like the bar course, right? So the MPRE is the closest thing because it's a, a comprehensive study plan. But the other free resources, we have what we call the 1L Law School Essentials and then the 2L, 3L Law School Essentials, which are video lectures, outlines, practice questions, and practice essays for all the first-year bar-tested courses and then most of the upper-level bar-tested courses. 
those are all set up, like the way the lectures look, the way the questions are formatted, the way when you log in, what the platform looks like, they're all set up like the bar course. So if you're utilizing these free resources, which you should, because they're very helpful for your classes too. They are. They, they helped me get good grades in the spring. Like yeah. I did not know what was going on in my courses and I used the one for evidence and CrimPro and my grades are much better than I expected them to be like mid semester. So I recommend. <laughs> totally agree. The evidence, evidence was a game changer for me. My evidence professor was like so smart. I couldn't understand him. <laughs> I really <laughs> Themis to like bring it down to my level. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and I think we do a really good job of that. And that is indicative of how our lectures are for the bar course too. They're very easy to understand. They are not going to be overwhelming in terms of, I mean, the amount of material that you have to learn for the bar is a little bit overwhelming in and of itself, but the Themis course is designed to make that process easier to take additional load off of you as the student and give you what you need exactly what you need. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I just used the MPRE course and it was, it was great. I didn't get my score back yet. I hope I passed, but if I didn't, that's on me, not on Themis. I started studying a little later than planned. Um, but the course itself was great. Like I really understood the material. I understood everything going into it. Yeah. As I said, if I didn't pass, it was a matter of me not starting soon enough. <laughs> So I'm I sure you did fine. If you went through the course and you did some practice exams and you feel like you understood the material, you were probably fine. The MPRE is tricky in that they're they're trying to trick you with the question. Exactly. It's not that hard content-wise. Plus, yeah. I think Kramer does a really great job of making it engaging to the point where you're actually listening to the lectures, which is a hallmark of our MPRE course, right? It makes it so much better to study when you have a lecturer that makes it fun. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And also with the MPRE, you get to try out the, um, what's it called? The like handout worksheet. Yeah, the fill in uh, the blank extra handouts, yeah. Yes, which isn't included in the like course, in the courses, like the 1L, 2L, 3L right. essentials. So the MPRE gives you a chance to try out the handout thing. And I did like that because it did make me kind of check in and be like, am I paying attention as I'd have to fill things in? And that was, definitely useful, especially for someone like me, whose mind likes to wander, kept bringing me back in. <laughs> Absolutely. I think the fillable handouts are one of the best features of the course. I don't think I would have absorbed anywhere near as much as I did the first time through watching my lectures while studying for the bar, if it weren't for those, because you're both listening and actively like regenerating that information mm -hmm. as you are going through the lectures. It's like doing double duty. Yes. And just having those two aspects of the listening and the, even the physically writing itself yeah. can help get things like into your brain better Absolutely. depending on your learning style, which we're going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so definitely having those two different ways of like kind of absorbing the information, super helpful. Yeah. Well, if you're convinced to buy Themis after listening to us talk about it just now, <laughs> you can go on our website, themisbar.com and enroll, or you can always send a message to any of our social media accounts. We're at Themis Bar on everything, and we can get you in touch with the right place to send your enrollment form. Mm -hmm. And there is a link in every episode to Themis's website. So you can also click on the link in our episode description to get right there. Don't even have to go search for it anywhere. <laughs>
great. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the biggest questions that I get asked, like the most frequent question that I hear in my life is you went to law school and took the bar exam and you don't practice law. And I'm like, yeah, I, I did. And I'm actually like extremely happy with that decision. Um, I think that the skills that I learned in law school were so practically applicable to pretty much anything that I might do in the future. And to what I do now, even if I let's say I was working in marketing or in sales in a non-legal adjacent career too, right? Like those critical thinking and analysis and ability to kind of pivot your thought process very quickly. Those are just a few of the things that I think I took from law school. Those apply to everything that you do. Yeah. Oh, it's so useful. Some of the things that really stick out to me as practical, not skills, but like practical knowledge that I got in law school were my fed tax class and wills and trusts. I feel like I'm so much more equipped to tackle some of the more difficult parts of like the financial aspect of being a human of just understanding, right? IRS regulations. If I need to go on the IRS website and I'm like looking for something, I can read it in a way that I actually like comprehend what's going on. And I don't think I would have that skill were it not for taking that fed tax class. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A funny story about contracts actually is that I, 
I bought a house about a year ago and that was, that's a process in and of itself. But in the original purchase agreement, there was a clause that said that the builder would own the mineral rights to my land for in perpetuity. And I was like, we're striking that clause or I'm not signing. And they were like, okay, yeah, we'll take it out. And I was like, I don't think it was, I don't think they were being sketchy. Right. I think that that's probably like just a standard clause that they put in, especially for, I live in the middle of a city. Like I, there's no, there's no minerals underneath my very small wall. But I was still like, we're not, that's not going to be in there. Um, And again, I don't think I would have recognized that as being like kind of a bizarre thing to have in my contract if I hadn't studied contracts both in law school and then again for the bar exam. Yeah, absolutely. Real world experience here. Yeah, I think a lot of things come to mind with that, but it's just in a nutshell, you're going to see in your job, whatever your job is, tasks, projects, et cetera, that you've not done before. There's always going to be something new. And I think the idea that school's over once you're done with like being in the academic world itself is is kind of a misnomer because if I get a project or my team is working on a project and my component of the project is something that I've never done before, I have to figure out how to do it. Right. And of course there are people that I can ask questions of, et cetera, but it makes it so much easier if you can say, okay, here's what I know here. where Here's where the gaps in my knowledge are. And here's what I need to do to fill those gaps and understanding your learning style and the quickest way to get you to that place of comprehension is going to one save you a lot of mental fatigue, but it's also going to make you work a lot faster and give you the ability, again, like I mentioned before, to kind of just like pivot as you need to and adjust and adapt your processes as you go.
Yeah. And I think another thing that came to mind while you were talking about that is uh, outlining in law school is such a valuable skill because, and however you outline, right? Like some people outline with sticky notes, some people outline by making like a, a traditional outline, et cetera. That is where you figure out, okay, here are the gaps in the knowledge. Here's what I need. And here's how I fill that in. And you pull in your learning style to fill in those gaps in the knowledge. Right. And so it becomes a very cohesive process, but the idea of building that outline I do that for everything. And it could be like a three sentence outline, right? Where I'm like, okay, I have this, this, and this, and I'm missing X and Y, right? But it still is a super helpful way to start to visualize and create structure around whatever you are trying to do. And that applies even if it's something you've done a million times before, because the task is never going to be exactly the same. Absolutely. And that building that structure gives you a more kind of comprehensive visual of the entirety of the thing too, right? So then you can break it out into smaller pieces again and work on it in a way that makes sense that gives you, right, again, the most efficient and effective results.
No, I think you're on to something. You're definitely on to something, right? The idea of learning styles and finding the right kind of study resources to work with your learning style is, I think, the first step here, right? And a lot of us who went to law school were, let's just say, good at school right? Most of our lives, we were good at school. And for me, definitely coming to law school was the first time I ever had to like really learn how to study. And I think that's an experience that a lot of law students have because you go from being, you know, good at school to a place where everyone else is also really good at school, right? And so then you're like, okay, well, we just, we, we had to step our game up a little bit. And With that in mind, I think it's really important to utilize all of the resources available to you. It all is a, you you can't do everything, right? There is definitely not enough time, but to seek out ways early on in your law school career to explore those learning styles and to figure out what works for you as quickly as possible. And you may already know this. You may be one of those people who came through, um, undergrad already knowing how to study. And if so, that's great. But that doesn't mean you can't continue to refine. That doesn't mean you can't continue to look for ways to optimize the way that you work, which will obviously only serve you in the long run. So I recommend 1L, 2L, even 3L year, if you're listening to this and you are a 3L who is like, oh, I could use some some study, you know, assistance. Use those free resources that we talked about earlier in the in the podcast where You have video lectures, you have practice questions, you have comprehensive outlines, you have shortened condensed outlines, like there's all kinds of different things that cater to different types of learning. And looking back at my experience in law school, my first semester 1L grades were, they were questionable. (laughs) Definitely could have been better. And I became a themis rep my second semester and I started using the resources. And from then my grades, they didn't, they didn't always go up, but for the most part, they continued to rise from that point because I was honing in on what does my learning style look like? How do I retain, retain information most effectively and for the longest period of time? And how can I, you know, figure out ways of working that don't cause me to totally burn out? That's a big one, I think, that we haven't really, like, talked about at all yet is the idea that, yeah, you could study for 12 hours a day if you want to, but nobody wants to do that, and your body and your brain physically can't sustain that for very long. So figuring out how to move through the massive amount of reading and comprehension and practice questions and et cetera that you're expected to do throughout your time in law school the sooner you can find a way to work through that better and more efficiently, the easier it's going to be on your mental and physical load as you move through law school. And that continues to to apply as you move into your career.
Yeah. And I think it is a little bit more nuanced than just, I am an auditory learner. And so I only want to listen to videos and I don't think that's necessarily what you're saying. I just want to point out the nuance. I, I don't absorb anything personally from like reading a comprehensive outline in full. That's not helpful to me. That doesn't mean though, that those comprehensive outlines aren't still a useful tool as I'm moving through the study process. So I do best, again, I'm just talking about myself, right? But I do best when I'm listening to something and writing, or I'm listening to something and then stopping to take notes on whatever I just listened to or whatever, right? So some combination of listening and then tactile feedback through writing, but those comprehensive outlines or maybe kind of a flashcard review once in a while is helpful one to switch up the way I'm using my brain, right? To kind of like step outside of my comfort zone a little bit and, and just like shift those gears. And then also to help me, like, like I was talking about using the outlines as kind of a skeleton before, right? I'm still using those outlines to make sure that there's not a huge gap in whatever I'm learning or when you're building an outline for a class, maybe you were out for a couple of days, right? And your 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 notes are missing stuff, right? And you may, yeah, you can get it from a friend, but you can also get it from a large outline and you're going to know exactly where to slot it in because of how the outline's already structured, right? So I think knowing your learning style is very, very important and leaning into that and doing things that cater to that learning style, but also figuring out how to utilize other tools that maybe aren't applicable to your preferred learning style, but can still be helpful to you. Totally. No, I didn't think you were saying that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like when we're talking to students, when they're studying for the bar exam, we don't really want you to sit there and read, you know, a page outline start to finish. That's not helpful for most students. And if it is helpful for you, by all means do it. But for the vast majority of students, that's not helpful. What we do encourage is skim the outline, spend a half an hour going through the outline, looking at, okay, where, how is, how is this ordered? What does this look like? That way, when you step into those lecture videos, which our lectures are split up into short segments, but you're still in the entirety of that subject, watching several hours worth of lecture videos for the larger subjects, it's a few hours. And you're walking into that, having a basic understanding of what the entirety of that subject looks like. Yes. Right, right, exactly.
exacto. That's a great point. Comparing it to the syllabus is is a very, very helpful way to, to narrow down exactly what you need to know. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with everything you just said. I think that time management is something that you kind of develop over your time in academia, right? You go from high school where you probably had some form of time management, but then undergrad, it gets a little bit more intense. You have to think a little bit more about, okay, how am I spending my time? Where am I putting my energy? And then you get to law school or even another grad school program and you're like, okay, this is we're in the big leagues now, right? We have to figure out how to, again, effectively manage what we're doing, learn the most efficiently, not waste time, not burn out. So and that doesn't mean you can never waste time, right? A little bit of time wasting is good for all of us occasionally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't need to be uh, productivity robots, but I think the idea of optimization ultimately helps you have more free time. It, it helps you have a better balance of what you are doing academically and then also allowing you to have a, some sort of a form of a social life while you're in law school or participate in extracurriculars or whatever it is that brings you joy. You want to still be able to do that while you're in law school, while you're studying for the bar, when you have a job. 
And I unfortunately know too many people who are still in the office, like 70 hours a week when maybe they don't have to be right. And that there are different nuances to that too, right? Like some jobs actually want you there 70 hours a week. That's not what I'm talking about right now. That's not a job I want either. I'm talking about people who just aren't still equipped to do their work effectively and end up spending way more time in the office thinking about work um, than they need to. So figuring that out while you're figuring out your learning style, you're figuring out how to manage your time. You're figuring out what, what works for me and what doesn't. And then I think one of the other things, and I wish I would have learned this sooner in law school too, is to, to time block, right? You're, you're not going to be, you're not going to get effective learning in for the majority of your law school classes. If you're trying to study for them in like 15, 20 minute increments, there's too much information. There's too many nuances. There's too many uh, pieces of black letter law that are reliant on other pieces of black letter law to make sense, to work through the analysis, et cetera, right? Like I could go into a lot of nuance about that, but there's a lot going on, especially when you're looking at your larger core bar tested courses. So saying, okay, I'm going to, I have this three hour time block before my next class every week, this is going to be the time that I rework on my outline for this class, right? Something like that. That's one example of many ways that you can utilize that, but finding a way to slot in larger periods of study time to give yourself time to settle into that subject or whatever, right? It doesn't have to be a subject. This could be a work project. This could be your own personal passion project, right? Whatever it is, consistency and intention and focus are going to be like your best friend when you're trying to figure out how to move through all of the things that you are expected to do both in law school and beyond without, again, burning out, feeling overwhelmed, losing focus, finding an inability to progress in the areas that you're looking to progress in.
Totally. That No, that makes a ton of sense. And I think um, that's basically exactly what I was saying. I think maybe I just wasn't super clear about it. When I said I have three hours before my next class and I'm going to work on my outline, I didn't mean three hours will be the only thing you're doing is working on that outline. It's the idea of blocking maybe an hour, hour and a half in that three hour time block to catch up on outlining, to get yourself to a place where you feel prepared to walk into the class. And that can take a bunch of different forms. But yes, the idea that you're not trying to do an entire outline a month before the final or two weeks before the final, right? I did that a couple of times. And let me tell you, that is rough. Okay, but it's not fun. (laughs) I don't recommend it. And so if you have those kind of like, built-in habits of, okay, I'm, I have evidence at 2 PM. I have a three hour block before evidence from one to two every week before this evidence class, I'm working on my evidence outline. By the time it comes time to study for finals, to really get that outline together, you have so much already done. You have such a better understanding of that subject matter that at that point you're refining instead of building. And it's really in the refinement. That's where you really, really learn. The same thing with studying for the bar. You don't actually start to memorize and grasp the material in a comprehensive way until you've moved through the lecture videos, until you have moved into practice and review only, where you're hammering out the nuances, the fine-tuning your knowledge of the structure, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. And even beyond just specific projects, like for example, every Monday we have our marketing team like round up in the morning. And then from one to three in the afternoon, every Monday I have blocked on my calendar focus time and it is blocked out for me to say, okay, these were my priorities from last week. What did I get done? What needs to be shifted? What might need to be adjusted? And then I really plan my week and I write things down and I time block at that point what I think I need to do during the week. I block out each day what my tasks are going to be. And that doesn't mean that it's it's not completely static, right? It shifts. It's a dynamic process. I'm going through the week and I'm like, oh, I actually finished one of these things that was for Friday on Monday. Great. That's one less thing on my list for Friday. What do I need to move around to make up for that time lost, right? So there are ways beyond just the specific project to integrate kind of time blocking and planning and organization into the rest of your life to make everything a little bit easier as you move through.
It is. It is. And there are opportunities too when you are diving that deep into what do I need to do and when do I need to do it for you to break those individual tasks down into their smaller pieces, right? So yeah, I'm not necessarily saying, okay, I have this. One of the projects I'm working on right now is getting blogs on our website that are specific to things that are relevant and helpful to law students, right? So we're working on a few different blog briefs right now for the NPRE, for some 1L stuff. And I'm not like, okay, I need to get the entirety of this blog brief done and ready today. It's like, I need to figure out what's even going to go in it. That's step one. And so Monday's task is going to be just step one, rather than trying to say, I need to finish this entire project in one day with the five other things and the three meetings that I have today too. break down not only because it makes it easier to complete the task but because you get that really lovely sense of accomplishment when you get to check it off yeah Where it's like, I actually did this I actually feel like I'm making progress that was one of the things I struggled with in law school too was that I would like I would leave my outlining a lot of times till later than I should have in the process, right? And then I would feel so overwhelmed by the idea that like I needed to get this whole outline together for an exam that was in, you know, three weeks or whatever it was. And I never felt that sense of accomplishment. I never felt that sense of breaking it down into disparate pieces and feeling like I was making progress on it because it was just this huge thing looming over my head. Uh, and in the classes where I didn't do that, I got better grades, not only because I understood the material better, but because I wasn't panicking about not feeling like I was progressing as I went through it. I completely agree with that. I honestly think we have done a deep dive into all the things we plan to talk about and maybe maybe more than we needed to in some areas, which that's fine. But no, I think I think I'm good.
That's a good one. I think that's really important and uh, poignant. And I support that wholeheartedly. My recommendation is a little bit different, but it is, I think, still very relevant. Uh, I think that one of the best things you can do to be a better person is to take better care of yourself and to make sure that you're supporting yourself in ways that allow you to move through the world in a place of service, whatever that looks like to you. Absolutely. We have a lot of apples here in Ohio too. And I also love apple picking. I feel like that's a very like Midwest thing to do too. Um, I am not ready to say goodbye to summer at all. So okay. So I would say go look at the leaves, especially if you have somewhere near you. We have a place called the Holden Arboretum that is like a nature preserve. And there's like a tower that you can go up in and like look out over the canopy. So if you don't have something like that, just go for a, a hike, which I think is what I said in one of my other episodes too. But like, I love hiking. <laughs> but go look at the leaves because I think we get, oh, that's only, that's only applicable to people who live where the leaves change colors though. True. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Just spend some time in nature. And if you're in a place where the seasons change, appreciate how amazing it is that the seasons change, right? And that all the leaves fall off the trees and they're still alive. That's amazing to me. That blows my mind every time I think too much about it. Absolutely. I know I already did this earlier in the episode, but we'll do it again. Um, themisbar.com is our website, which will be linked in the show notes. And then we have a link for you to access our free resources as well that you can find in the show notes. And then on socials, we are themisbar everywhere. So feel free to reach out to us on any of those platforms. We are on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok. I think we're on Twitter still too. It's not called Twitter anymore. We still have it. We still have it. I just don't know how much we're like actively using it at this point because there's 
it's a strange place over there now. <laughs> yeah. Yes, for me, it will always be Twitter. I actually interned at Twitter when I was in law school. So it's a very special place in my heart and watching it do whatever's going on now is <laughs> very sad. Um, but yes, we're Themis Bar on all social platforms and you'll be able to get a hold of a real person. We have real people. Me and our, our marketing coordinator are the people who access and run those social accounts. So you'll get one of us if you reach out there. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here.